0: Hey, good morning, Crossroads. Thank you all for being here this morning. For those of you who are tuning online, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're in the auditorium joining us here this morning, would you please stand and worship with us? Our chains are gone, no weapon form shall prevail, your word is stronger, we overcome. your great renown. Your kingdom forever will stand. We won't be shaken. We will not fear. Our God Almighty, warrior, Your rock and fire in the You come to death forever. Amen. just changing
1: It's good to be with you crossroads good morning good morning thanks for joining us here in the house thanks for joining us online if you are a guest welcome we're so glad you're here with us please stop by the welcome center when you leave because we have something we want to give you by just saying thanks for being here and we'd love to connect with you so if you're here in the building as our guest please stop by the welcome center if you're online let elena know she'd love to connect with you online as well guys it's good to be with you isn't God good? Isn't, 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 aren't we excited? Just singing those songs. You're like, man, Christ alone. We can get excited about those things. We can Listen, the truth is always going to set us free. And so when we can come every weekend and we can proclaim the truth that Jesus Christ is everything. We can proclaim that he is king. We can proclaim that he is our freedom. He is our hope. He is everything. That is the truth that sets us free. And so every weekend we're going to keep talking about Christ. Until, until everything comes down, we're just going to keep coming, we're going to keep showing up, we're going to keep talking about Jesus. So that's what we're all about here, is bringing people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So it's so good to be with you. We'll let you know a couple things happening. One, we had our men's group kickoff on Wednesday with The Case for Christ. It was here in the auditorium, and I just, I, if you've seen the pictures on Facebook, it was a huge success. So please, men, uh, jump in on that group on Wednesday nights. Ladies, Nancy Baker's teaching a class on Wednesday nights, and listen, there's stuff for kids on Wednesday nights, there's stuff for students, for middle school, and so it's a great place to be on Wednesday nights, so come on up on Wednesday nights at 6.30, and uh, men, you guys are going to be in here, that's the that's the change, you guys are going to be in here, starting a brand new series uh, that started last week, so that's good, good stuff. <clears throat> listen, I also want to let you know that men, or I'm sorry, men have their study. Ladies, you have your retreat coming up on the 25th through 27th of March. Ladies, are you excited? dandy's excited uh listen we're, we're excited about being here and we're excited about talking about the ladies retreat it's happened the 25th through the 27th at laurelville retreat center you can sign up online or stop by the welcome center and they can get you uh, more information on that but that's the 25th through the 27th of march so which is coming it's coming it's coming it's coming mom, my mom used to say it's marching in it's coming because you know we're, we're, we're like we're ready for some flowers right and uh, we're ready for to see some spring think spring and so, uh, listen, it's happening, and so we're so thankful for what God is doing. I also want to let you know that uh, we talked about our, our meals ministry uh, last week, and I just want to encourage you, if you um, just, just, stop by the, just stop by the table in the, in the foyer, and, and uh, Allie Slagle is out there, and she would love to connect with you and talk to you more about the meal ministry and getting signed up to bring people a meal. Uh, it's a tremendous ministry, and it was uh, it's really humbling to see the amount of people that signed up last week to be a part of that team. So, if you would like to be a part of that team and, or just get some more information, stop by the well, – stop by the, the – foyer, uh, in the foyer, stop by the table, and Allie would love to connect with you about that. But God has been good to us. And so what I want to do is um, as we uh, continue on in prayer, I just ask that we all stand. And uh, if you guys would stand with me, we're going to just pray and continue on this morning um, and just ask God to, to just – Just humble us and just encourage our hearts. And and when I'm praying, this would be a great time to just, you know, just quiet your hearts. You know, I read a really great quote this week, and it talked about just in life, and it said, you know, panic is contagious, but you know what's also contagious? Calm and peace. And when we center around the name of Jesus and his power, it's contagious, isn't it? So let's do that now as we uh, just continue on this morning. Lord, thank you for your peace that is so contagious. Lord, for your calm. That's contagious to meet with you, to, to spend time with you in prayer, to spend time with you in song, to sing that you are the cornerstone. Lord, if we were to take you out, all of the bricks in our house would just fall pieces. Lord, you are the cornerstone. You are the anchor. You are the center of everything. Lord, we center on you this morning the truth that you are the cornerstone upon which this church, upon which this world is has been created. Lord, everything is centered on you, Jesus. And we just focus on that that's where we would draw our peace that's where we would draw our calm and lord i just thank you so much for who you are in our lives lord for just everything that you represent our freedom our hope lord our peace lord we we just center on you we center on the name of jesus lord thank you for being everything to us and god as we continue on in song and as we hear from your word challenge us shape us Lord, we love you so much. And we thank you for all the things that are happening, all the events, all of the studies, God. We are grateful for what you're doing here at Crossroads. And we ask all these things in the name and power of Christ. Amen.
0: truth this morning when we proclaim your name when we proclaim your light in this world nothing can overcome it death darkness and sin are defeated in your name dear heavenly father please prepare our hearts this morning open our hearts so we accept your holy spirit this morning we listen to the words in this sermon please be with us and watch over us in your name we pray amen
2: series. I've been calling it Proverbs. There's a book in the Bible entitled Proverbs, but I've called it Proverbs because these are the pro things that God wants you to do. He's giving you instruction on how to live your life. Ancient wisdom given several thousand years ago that still works in 2022. That's pretty powerful. God, God has not left you along this journey by yourself. So we've looked at a number of topics Today, I want to look at this topic as this. How can I make decisions? How can I make a wise decision? You know, decisions are hard for people. You know, when you're thinking about a decision, if I can do A or I can do B, there's always a decision. i got to think about it. i got to get back in. You know, you're kind of caught in between all this. I heard the story about a, a farmer one time. He hired a man to help him. And he hired this guy to come on on onto his farm and do labor. And so as he hired him, he said, hey, I want you to go out today and I want you to chop wood. So on the first day, he came out and he chopped all the wood. And the the guy worked real hard and he went home. He said, man, that was a great day. On day number two, he said, okay, today you're going to go out and you're going to pull all the weeds. So he went out and he pulled all the weeds out in the field. And as he came back, he said, man, that's a great day. I'm really tired out from all that, but it it was a great day. So I pulled the weeds and man, I'm glad, I'm glad glad, glad that I had a good hard day worth of work. Day number three, he goes into work and it's rain. I mean, it's just pouring down rain. So the farmer says, well, I still want to pay you. I want you to do something today. So today you got to go into the barn and there are, there, he had a mound of potatoes like from the harvest. He pulled in all these potatoes. He said, here's what I want you to do. You got to go in. You got to sort out which potatoes good and which potatoes bad. So just take all the bad ones throughout the bad and, and toss all the good ones over here. So by the end of the third day, the guy quit. He said, I just couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. The farmer said, what do you mean you couldn't take it? Day one, you did really good. Day two, you did really good. And and I thought you were doing good today. He said, I just couldn't take making all those decisions. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And you know, that's really what life is like for us, isn't it? It's a series of decisions. And you know, when you make a little decision, uh, we make little decisions every day of our life. And so when you make a little decision, I have found that little decisions pile up to become big decisions. Uh, you will make a little decision that will cause a bigger decision down the road. So we need some wisdom in how do we make a decision? How do we go about our life learning how to make decisions? You look in the Bible, look all throughout the history of the Bible. You look at Moses. Moses was, you know, he met God at the burning bush. He had a decision. What am, what am I going to do at that point? I got I to look at Moses at the burning bush. God, God looks at the, I'm sorry, Moses looks at the burning bush and he sees God there and God speaks to him. What's he going to do? He could run from him in fear or he, he could respond to him and thank God he responded to him. How about the angel that recruited Gideon? When angel recruited Gideon to, to lead Israel, um, you know, he had a decision that he had to make at that point. When Delilah tempted Samson, Samson was the strongest man in the world. And then Delilah comes along and tempts him and he makes a decision at that point. He falls prey to a decision and he makes a bad decision. And that bad decision ends up stealing his fate for the rest of his life. So many times we can make bad decisions. So we make good decisions, we make bad decisions. The Bible shows us all of them. Elijah the prophet, he stood up before the people, before the children of Israel, and he said, How long will you stop between these two opinions? Either the Lord, he is God, or Baal is God. Choose who you're going to follow. Like these people were indecisive, and he was telling them, Listen, this is God. You need to follow him. But listen, many times, we just want to... Kind of waiting and and go back in this whole decision thing. How about when Pilate stood up before the crowd with Jesus? He meets Jesus face to face and he's going to make a decision. Am I going to go for popularity? Am I going to please the crowd or am I going to let this innocent man off? And what's he do? He chooses to please the crowd and Jesus goes to the cross. As you look at this, every human being faces a series of decisions. We will say, uh, face a number of decisions, a lot of small decisions on our daily basis, and then we'll face some really big decisions. The, uh, if you go into business and you, you get into business management, one, one, of the, one of the key things in books on business management is how to make a decision. If you were to look up uh, Peter Drucker, he was the he was the guru on on modern management, right? Peter Drucker, he wrote books and many of his books have uh two chapters devoted to well, actually one of his books in particular have two chapters devoted to how to make a decision. Your des- the decisions that you make are so important. Pastor John used to say it like this. He used to say that decisions are the hinges upon which the door of destiny turns. And that is so true. Your your decisions are like hinges on the door. So when you when you make a decision, it's going to open one way, it's going to close another way. And so, so you've got to ask the Lord for your help in decision-making. So as we come to this today, I want you to think about those decisions that maybe there's some big decisions that you've made. And when you've gone through the decision-making process, you're staying there awake at night. You ever have that, sleepless nights? Over a decision. You know, you want to make a decision. And before you made that decision, man, you were just, oh, you you might have lost sleep for a night, two nights, maybe a a week of nights, maybe a month of nights because you're wallowing in this decision. And how am I going to make this big decision that would affect my life? Well, today I want to show you from the scripture that you don't have to lose sleep to make decisions. You can make decisions. You can make wise decisions without losing sleep, without losing your mind. Proverbs twelve twenty six says this: that the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous should choose their friends carefully. I want you to think about that. Here we see he says that you have a decision to make. Your friends, who you are going to be friends with, is going to be your decision. He says that when you make the wrong decision, man, that leads them astray. How many times have you watched this in life that, man, somebody was uh, doing really good and then all of a sudden they, they made friends with somebody that began to drag them down? Uh, who your friends are, are so key, so crucial, but you get to choose that. You know, just because you sat next to that person in class doesn't mean that they had to become your best friend, right? It, you have to choose. The, it doesn't mean that, you're, that you can't be friendly, means that you're not going to be their best friend. You're not going to let them pull you down. The righteous should choose his friends carefully. And then if you go over here to Proverbs 5.23, look at Proverbs 5.23. He shall die for lack of instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. Um, Let me read it to you from a paraphrase. It says it like this. Death is the reward of the undisciplined life. Your foolish decisions trap you in a dead end. The, the folly, he, in the greatness of his folly, in those, un, uh, the, those, those foolish decisions, he goes astray. It, it's a trap. And so as you look at those decisions that, that, can, that can be a trap, you make, you know, lack of instruction. You've got to get, you have to say, okay, I'm going to make a wise decision, or am I just going to make a foolish decision? And this is what most people do. Uh, many decisions are a lot of foolish decisions, and then we end up paying for those foolish decisions. God forgives. God has grace. God encourages us. But many times there are natural consequences to our decisions. When you make a decision, there's a consequence, good or bad, to the decision. So I want to give you three techniques here to help you make a wise decision. You'll notice on the back of your bulletin, so if you're taking notes, you can follow along there. Just grab a pen and follow along. And uh, you can take three. Now, I've only put three points in there. That's my attempt to end on time today, okay? Because you know when I put five or six, you know you're here through lunchtime, right? So, but I'm going to give you three points here, and the first one is to talk it out, okay? Talk it out. Very simple. Talk it out. Talk it out with a good friend. Get, get a good friend. Get a counselor. Seek an expert, somebody that is an expert on the subject matter that you're dealing with. And look at it, somebody that can come alongside of it, look at it objectively, um, seek counsel and learn and get some good advice. Talk it out. This is real big in the scriptures here. Proverbs eleven four, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Boy, look at that word safety. Isn't that a powerful word? Boy, what comes to your mind when you hear the word safe? peace tranquility ah oh, the storm is raging around me but i'm safe here he says in the multitude of counselors there is safety hmm i want to encourage you to think about that because when you begin to build your life and get get wisdom from other people you and again here i'm not telling you to get approval from other people i'm not telling you to make people happy i've learned you can't make people happy you have to make God happy, right? But when you're making a decision, I'm not making a decision that makes those people around me happy. I have a group of people around me that will speak into me. And for lack of guidance, we fall. But many advisors make for safety. Proverbs 12:15 says that the way of a fool seems right to him. But a wise man listens to advice. Come along and listen. Get, get that advice. You, you see, there's a, there's a spirit here that happens. When you, uh, when, when you are dealing with pride, look here at Proverbs 13.10. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. You see, you see the difference of the, of the spirit here? You see the difference of somebody's demeanor, of their character, of their attitude? A proud person is going to have a lot of fighting around them. And he's contrasting pride with wisdom. Wisdom is those who take advice. You see, the proud says, I don't need anybody to help me. I've got this figured out and and I've, I've got this all going. A humble person comes in in humility and says, what do you think I ought to do? Get some advice. Again, you're not trying to make an approval of pa- a, a, a panel to make you feel good or to make those people feel good. Because if you make your decisions on what everybody else wants for you to do, that's the wrong decision, right? You're saying, man, I have a decision here, and I'm going to come and I'm going to find somebody that has some, some expert in that area. Maybe if it's in a career, you're going to find somebody that's in that particular career zone. Maybe if it's a, some, a spiritual issue, uh, you're going to seek some spiritual guidance. You're going to get somebody to come alongside of you and, and get people who will, who will be trusted, who can be objective and truly care about the best thing for you and help you make that decision so you get advice. Proverbs 1522 says that plans fail for lack of counsel, but many, but with many advisors they succeed. With many advisors, so when, when you have a lot of people pouring in and you get the advice, now you're saying, Okay, I can make a wise decision. Listen to counsel and receive instruction. 1920, all right? Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your later days. I, I read that verse and I was like, Lord, how much later do I have to go? <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, I, I want to be wise. You know, isn't that interesting? You know, when you're, when you're young, wisdom hasn't fully been bestowed on you, has it? You get around some people that you call wise, you think of some elderly people that can give you a lot of wisdom. You can just sit there and listen to them talk. Tell stories for hours, right? Because you hear this wisdom that just comes out as they're talking to you. Proverbs 24, 5, and 6 says that a wise man is full of strength and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise counsel you can wage your war and in an abundance of counselors there is victory. In an abundance of counselors, there is victory. That's where you'll find the victory, when you get people who are speaking and giving you the the right advice, the right wisdom. You see, we we live in a world where people don't want to do that. You can look back in the history of this country and see how this principle was a big help in our country. In July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence was signed, and about six months later began the Revolutionary War. And then we see that, uh, we we see the American troops were led by George Washington, General George Washington, and, uh, and then the British troops were led by Lord Charles Cornwallis. And there was a critical moment that happened there between, the, between these things. Uh, that they, they fought, and the, there was a despair happened, and the, the American troops under George Washington at this point, had suffered a, a pretty heavy blow, and it looked like, man, we weren't going to win. It looked like the American forces were not going to win, like the British might take over. And so as, uh, as they were going through the despair of the colonies, there was despair all over the colonies, it seemed that it was just a matter of time before the war would end in defeat. But uh, George Washington and on the other side, Lord Cornwallis, uh, at critical moments, they both convened their advisors. They would both sit down with their advisors and they would, you know, they, they would have this chat with their advisors. But here was the difference. Uh, Cornwallis, he would come in to his advisors and he would basically run court. He would say, this is what we're going to do and tell everybody this is the way it is. And he wouldn't take any advice. He sat with his advisors, but he became the lawgiver he 's pushing what is going to happen. George Washington, on the other hand, sat down with him, and, as history tells us, sat down and actually listened to the advice of the people that were get, that, on his team and listened to his team, and together made a wise decision to move forward and Here we are, two hundred some years later, thanking God for his wise choice. Amen. Amen. And I'll tell you, yeah, let's thank God for that today. Absolutely. Thank Him. But, but I, I want, I want you to know today, Proverbs 2018, make plans by seeking advice. If you wage war, obtain advice. Obtain guidance. Make plans by seeking advice. That's what you do. And so if you're going to go out, you're going to do something, you've got to obtain guidance. Today our heart, as I talk about war our heart is broken for the people right now of the ukraine aren't we and uh my i want you to know i've, I've looked up some of our missionaries we have ron and nancy minton in the in the ukraine they were on your birthday gift to jesus list i saw that they made it back to the states they were able to evacuate before it was too late our ministry's Word of Life Bible Institute, Word of Life has a, a ministry in the Ukraine. My understanding is that they have been able to evacuate and escape harm's way. But we see a whole country under harm right now. And, and I want to encourage you to, to pray for them. Listen, we have brothers and sisters over there. There's, there's people that are Christ followers over there that, that need, need to know the peace of God right now. And, and while they don't understand what's happening around them, while we don't understand, we know this, that we have a God who's bigger than all this. Amen? Amen. And I want to encourage you to just, just be in, in prayer and let's seek the Lord, because my heart is broken as I've watched this unfold this week, and I have said, man, oh, day, we've, we've got to just ask God for peace in our world, because the situation is bigger than just Ukraine, even. It's the whole world at stake right now. And I just want to encourage you to be praying. Because as, as we're moving forward, you see, these are the, we have decision-makers who are above us in our land. And every country has decision-makers that are above us. And so God tells us we should pray for their decision-making process. But I'll tell you what, without God, the decision-making process can be faulty. And I'm so thankful that God has given us this ability here to make plans by seeking wise advice. Um, in the church, I seek wise advice. I have, I have a group of men called deacons, and our deacons gather. We, we get together about every two months with a deacon team, and we, we go through the business of the church. They are free to ask me anything about the church. They, um, they encourage me. They give me advice. And many times I've said, oh, well, let's go here, and, they, and I'll get good advice, and says, well, maybe now is not the right time for that move. And you hear that. And so as you do that, I'm still leading. We're leading the church. But I have a team with me. And as I pour in and hear from these guys, boy, I'll tell you what, it does a lot for my leadership. It does a lot for the church. Look at the church, what God is doing. Amen? God is moving in some powerful ways in our church right now. People are coming to know Jesus on a regular basis. But I'll tell you what, it's very fragile. And I have a group of people around me. And so I listen to those guys, and and I want to encourage you to listen to people who will give advice to you. I I want you to think about personal decisions. You know, I have a family, and so in my family, I have decisions that I have to make at home as as personal decisions, right? So I have a wife, and every now and then she has something good to tell me, right? Oh, all the time she has something good to tell I didn't know you were there, honey. I'm sorry. I knew she was there. But listen, here's the deal. In a marriage relationship, yeah, I'm supposed to lead the the family, but I can get advice from my wife. God's given her an insight. And so many times I'll want to make a decision, and her answer is always no at first. I'll just let you know that. That's the way it always goes. No matter what I do, it's no. No. Okay, maybe. Maybe. And then we reason, right? But let me explain this. I don't just force things. I just don't de- hey, we work together, and you hear advice from even in your family. And so you, as you take the advice, you can make wise decisions. Anybody can make a decision, we want to make wise decisions. You can make a decision that will cost you the rest of your life, that, that you could say, man, I'm so upset, I've paid for that. I'll tell you what, early on in our marriage, we, we made a, a couple decisions that, man, they were costly decisions. Man, I tell you what, every now and then I kick myself, and that's pretty hard to do with these knees that God gave me, right? But every now and then it gets all the way up there and I kick myself, Right? And man, I'm like, man, if only I wouldn't have done that twenty some years ago. That was crazy. I can't believe I did that. Man, before I before I got married, I went and sought counsel. I uh, I had a number of people that I went and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to marry this lady. What do you think? And they all gave me thumbs up, for which I was glad. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, I said I'm not gonna give her this ring until I get good, in, good input from the people who are in my life and who can see. Cause I was just love struck. Actually she was love struck, let me just say it like that, okay? She was just, the love bug hit her hard and I was just trying to navigate that, okay? But let me, let me, let me, let me explain this. Well, sometimes when you're in love, you can't think about anything but love, right? And so as I was going through that process, I grabbed a few guys around the church. I said, "Do you see any reason why I should not marry this lady?" Check mark number 1. Yeah. Check mark number 2. Yeah. Remember one guy says, "Yeah, but just don't go having kids right away." <laughs> I was like, "Well, I can't stop that, you know, all right?" And then uh the rest was history. And I'll tell you what, when you make a big decision, Get people to give you advice, and I realize you're going to make little decisions all along the way. And uh, even even for that, I wasn't waiting to hear their input on when I was getting ready to give her the ring. I got their input after the first couple of dates. Man, I went on a few dates, and they're like, you know, you get good input, and that's what God did. God gave me good input. But th- that's how it works. You get you get advisors to help you in your life. Um. Secondly, number 2 is to think it over. Think it over. That's the second point in your notes. Think it over. So not only do I talk it over, now I think it over. And so Psalm 16:9 says this, "The mind of a man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps." God isn't going to use a lightning bolt to direct your path. He's given you a mind. And he wants you to plan. You see, he says the mind of the man plans his ways. And quite often you'll hear this verse talked about the sovereignty of God. And yes, God is sovereign. And that's a big, big part of the verse. But there's also a part here that says that God has given you a mind and you're supposed to use that mind. Uh, God guides not by lightning bolts, but sometimes he gives us our brains to use them. So as we do that, I want you to think through the options to do his will. You see, we started this whole series in Proverbs chapter 1 with the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. To fear the Lord, that's where you get wisdom. So that's the whole premise of the book. So when he says that the mind of a man plans his ways, God has given you his word. You read his word, ask God to lead you. And as you're reading his word, now you you take that and you apply that to, is this what God says in his word? Um, John Wesley said this, God generally guides me by by presenting reasons to my mind for acting in a certain way. In other words, his mind. Listen, your mind is the center. It's the greatest computer in the whole world, man. You get to use this mind and God. God is going to give you things and he's going to say, "Okay, choose my way. I want you to. To go the way that I've already given you in my word. There's some things that are very clear. For example, in his word he says that it is the will of God that uh, that we should abstain from sexual immorality. That's real clear. You don't even have to question that. So as you're going out and you're making your plans, all right, is the, you know. so there you go. I abstain from sexual immorality. Uh, another one says uh, there's the will of God very clear. First Thessalonians says the will of God is that you give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, that's just real clear. I've got a rough situation. I'm going to thank the Lord in the midst of the rough situation. So the mind of the man plans his ways, but the Lord is the one who directs his steps. Oswald Sanders said it like this. He said, God generally guides us by the exercise of our sanctified judgment. God generally guides us. This is how he's going to guide us. Uh, I I have told you before about uh, a little bit of my path. I, whenever I was younger, I thought that I was going to be a missionary to Haiti. And I'll never forget that because I come home and I told my mom, hey, you know, I went on a mission trip to Haiti. And while I was down there, I saw that they played accordions in the church. That, they didn't have an organ. It was just a portable, you know, because if you left anything there, it would get stolen in their culture. So they had a portable accordion that they would take. and not come back and forth. And so my mom went and got me. An accordion. I got a full 120 bass accordion. I have all 120 buttons, and only one of them is marked. If you ever see those guys with those accordion, only one is marked, and that's the C key. So, so I got that. I got that was my Christmas gift, and I went out and I got lessons to be to to play the accordion. Do you know how many of my friends took accordion lessons? Yeah. I was the only one. They were taking guitar lessons. They were taking piano lessons. They were taking everything else. But I was the only one. So I went to Joe Zarnich. He lived over here in Baldwin. Joe Zarnich was a good guy. And he was famous on, uh, back in the day on KDKA before it became CBS. But, uh, he was back on, uh, on KDK when it was just broadcasting a lot of local stuff here. And, uh, as he was, uh, he, he used to play the accordion. I'd go over there. I'd take lessons. And so I thought, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Haiti. I'm gonna be a, a missionary. So therefore, When it came time to go to Bible college, I said, Lord, I'm going to plan my way now. So here's here's where I think that you're leading me. And I had found a free college because I had no money. Wouldn't that be nice to find a free college today? So uh I was gonna go to this free Bible college it was over in Ohio, and man, I was gun ho ready to go because I wanted to go to the free one. But I was praying, I said, Lord, I'm gonna I'm asking you to direct my step, right? So the Lord directed my path. I was heading that way. I was making plans, I had filled out an application, then all of a sudden somebody from the church come over to me and said, Hey, we have, uh, there's been an anonymous gift given for you that, uh, that will pay your way to Word of Life Bible Institute. You're not to know who the donor is. Would you go to Word of Life Bible Institute? It was up in Scroon Lake, New York. And I was like, free, free. Free, free. <laughs> and so I went up north, high, high, high in the Adirondack Mountains. And I went up there to Word of Life Bible Institute. And, uh, and I had fun. And I grew and I learned the Bible up there. Then I went for a second year. And then when I was done with there, I had to pick another college because it was only a, a small junior college. And so I had to go to, to get my four-year degree. And I'm like, all right, I need to finish this so I can get to Haiti to be a missionary, right? And I had my accordion. There's pictures of me in the Word of Life yearbook playing my accordion in chapel. It is so cool, man. It is just one of a kind, Right? And then I laid out all the catalogs of the schools I could go to. And I remember looking at Liberty University. And I remember, man, they had pictures in their catalog. Nobody else had pictures. I said, God, I'm going to choose that one. They got pictures. They got cheerleaders in there, too. I think I'll go there, right? So I uh, I picked Liberty University. And God directed my path. And even for a foolish, hey, well, this one has pictures. This one doesn't. I'm being really honest with you because, well, that's just who I am. And I ended up at Liberty University. And I, I'm i down there my senior year. And I don't know what God's going to do. And so the church here called and said, hey, would you come back and be our youth pastor? I was like, well, you know, I, was, I thought I was going to go here. And I still got my accordion. Uh, you can leave your accordion at home. Just come be the youth pastor. And uh, so I came I started as a youth pastor in 1990. Some of you were here in those old days. You were teenagers, and um, now you have teenagers, right? So uh, I was the youth pastor, and I did that for like 17 years. And then I just said, Lord, here's my hands. I'll keep serving. And now I'm the lead pastor. And so what I want to share with you this is I had a plan, and I made decisions. And on those decisions, the door of destiny was swinging. But God also closed some of those decisions. God closed some of those doors, and he opens and closes doors. And the end of the story is that God has directed my path here. Now, I might get to go to Haiti for a week every now and then, but this is where God has called me. And it's sure, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know this is what God wants in my life right now. But, listen, 25 years ago, if you would have told me I would have been the pastor of this church, I was like, nah, I'm going to be this really famous accordion player, you know? <laughs> me and Weird Al Yankovic, we're going to be rocking it, you know? <laughs> listen, God gave you a brain. He wants you to use it. Think it through. Some days you've got to take a day off and go think. You know, most of the time we react to everything, and that's what we do. We live in a world that reacts. we react, we react. We react. But what God wants us to do is to stop and think and use our mind and set our ways. You see, you've got to choose your way. Earl Nightingale, he was uh, one of these guys that talked about the, the use of the brain. He said that most Americans, most people only use about 10% of their brain's capacity. Only 10% of the brain's capacity. And, uh, and he said it like this in, in one of his essays. He said it like this. He said, it's the last place on earth that the average person will turn to for help. You know why people don't automatically turn to their own vast mental resources when faced with a problem? It's because they never learned how to think. And he goes on how the people go and they will get bad advice from people that have no clue. They're, they just want to feel good and, and end up making a lot of bad advice He says, listen, very few of them will use the muscle of their mind to solve problems. And so I want to encourage you, use the mind that God gave you. Don't live by impulse. Plan. Don't live by impulse. Think. Man, there are some days that the church just gets to me, you know, making decisions. And I can't just make a decision. I'm not a vending machine for decisions. I have to stop and I have to think. I have to say, okay, if I do this, then this and this and this and this and this. But if I don't do this, then that and that and that and that and that. And so that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to take the, the, your decision-making process and go before the Lord. And first of all, you get you get good advice, and then you use your mind. Proverbs fourteen eight says that the wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways. But the folly of fools is deception. You have to use your mind. look, Go through life and, and base your mind on the Word of God and use it for His honor and glory. The simple man, verse, uh, Proverbs 14, 15, The simple man believes anything, but a prudent person gives thought to his steps. A prudent person thinks about how he's living. You know, most people in our world, again, are reacting they want comfort. They want pleasure. They want what they want when they want it. And God says, please, give thought to what you're doing. Do you know the decision you make is going to affect your kids? The decision you make could affect your kids for generations upon generations. Like, God says, listen, I want you to make wise decisions Think about what you're doing with your life. Step back and think about it. Uh, Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-nine: A wicked man puts up a front, but an upright man gives thought to his ways. So, so the follower of Christ, he calls us to give thought to his ways. And uh, and so, what we have to do is, you have to get alone. You have to think. And when I get alone, not only am I just thinking and writing, and I, I have these yellow tablets, and I write stuff all over them, and then I rip it up and throw it away and start over. But what I do is I get alone with God. And, and that's point number three, is pray about it. Pray it through. You see, if I would to put this number one, you would have shut off already because you knew that's the, the answer to everything, right? But it really should be number one. Pray it through. Like, seek God on every decision that you have to make. And many times we don't want to seek God because we think we know what to do in our own eyes. And I just told you to use your mind. But let me tell you, I need my mind to operate, but I need God's wisdom, so I have to stop and hear from God, and I hear from other godly people. And when you hear from God, you hear from other godly people, you take His Word and you write it down there, now you can sit here and say okay this is where we're going. This is the next step. Man, you know what happens when emotions get involved with every decision? Have you ever noticed that? Boy, your emotions are so involved. When it's important, your emotions are really involved. When money's involved, there's all kind of emotions. Man, you take a dollar to any discussion and the tears just start flowing or the anger starts rolling. Uh, listen, money does that to us, right? When it impacts your your family in any particular way, you've got to pray it through. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine says that, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of his children, the righteous. Remember, this isn't your righteousness. This is the righteousness of God. He's not talking about the self-righteous. He's talking about those who are followers of Jesus Christ. He hears the prayers of his children, so you have this lifeline to God. You get to call God of the universe in an instant moment and say, "God, did you know I had to make this decision?" God's like, "Yeah." God, I need you to he- I need you to hear me. And God says here in His Word that He will hear from us. King David wrote in Psalm 37. He said that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Man, that's powerful, That the the steps that God has. So we make plans, but God's God's aligning our steps. And then his son Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, says this in Proverbs 20, verse 24. He says, A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? The, The dynamic of this verse, I've highlighted man and man in there. Because the very first word for man is a Hebrew word that means like a mighty man. Somebody that's doing something exceptional. A a mighty man, an exceptional man, steps, his steps are from the Lord. How then can us ordinary man, us average run of the mill people, how can we understand our ways? And the answer for both of them is that you can't. You need the Lord. So God says, remember we said about lean not on your own understanding. Well, you do your research, you go do your homework, but you don't lean on your understanding as the basis. You lean on, the, on the, the fear of the Lord and you let him direct your steps. You see, only God can see the big picture is what this verse is telling us. Only God can see the big picture. You can't possibly see everything that you need to see. Why? Because you're not God. God's the only one who can see all this. And so you're trying to make a decision, A and B. They're both good moral decisions, but it's a decision, A or B. God says you've got to make the decision, and you have to trust Mm -hmm. me. You see, if God can only see the big picture, that puts us in a position of trust, and that's what prayer is. Prayer is waving the white flag of surrender. God, I need your input on this particular subject. On this wisdom, on my action, Lord, guide me. Proverbs 19, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose will reveal. Right now, I'm, uh, will we'll prevail. The Lord's purpose will prevail. Right now, I'm working with a number of people in our church that are without a job. And we're praying with them. And we're, we're saying, listen, that job, maybe you didn't get the job because the Lord's purpose. You see, it's not my comfort. My comfort is where Americans live. My comfort. It doesn't say your comfort. It says the Lord's purpose. So what is God doing? What is the purpose? You're without a job right now. What is the purpose of the Lord in your life right now? That's where we stop. And that's where we find security. An event has happened, and you have to make a decision based upon events. What is the Lord's purpose? And so we stop and we can make many plans, but man, we've got to come back to the purpose of the Lord. And so when you come and you pray, I want you to know this, that God has all the details figured out. He already has. He knows every detail of your life. He knows the decisions that you need to make, and he's placed you in a place to trust him. Let me show you here from the book of Matthew. I'm going to read these verses. Look at the birds of the air. This is the words of Jesus. He's, he's getting ready to talk about prayer. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Stop and ask that question. Have you ever added a single hour to your life by worrying? you probably have taken a few hours off, right? He says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor. They do not spin. Then over in Matthew chapter 10, he says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall into the ground outside your father's care. Are not, continuing on, and even the very hairs of your head are all numbered? Six. For some of you it's 60,000. For some of us it's 6,000. Are not the very hairs on your head numbered? So don't be afraid you are worth more than many sparrows. God says, listen, he has every detail of your life figured out. And I want to encourage you, when you come to pray and you say, Lord, this has really been bothering me, God's like, I know it's bothering you. I'm waiting for you to surrender to my leadership. I'm waiting for you to see that my plans are much better than your plans. I'm waiting for you to see that playing the accordion and being in Haiti is not where I want you. But at that moment, I wanted to do something different. And God said, listen, this is where I'm putting you. In the little town of Finleyville. And when you were a kid, you used to mock the town of Finleyville <laughs> because you thought it was a small town. And you were from the big city of Pittsburgh. And that's where I want to place you. And you know what? I can say this, that my Father in heaven, he had that all figured out. Because, man, I love Finleyville. I have grown in this town and I still get to go and be in my big city anytime I want. It's only a half hour drive away. I can get a Pramani at any given hour. It's wonderful, right? But I'll tell you what, God has said, don't worry. Stop worrying. What's the Lord's purpose? Doesn't mean I have no pain, doesn't mean that things are not up and down sometimes, but it means that I can trust God. And, and let me just share this with you, too. Sometimes when you make a decision, We want to know 100%. There's no way you can know 100%. You just trust the Lord. You you do your best and you trust the Lord. And let me share this. How can I know 100% about what will happen on a decision? Did Noah know 100% about the flood when he started building the ark? God said it's going to rain, so he, he believed God. So he said, yes, God, I believe you. But remember, it had never rained wasn't like rain happened all the time. It never even rained, yellow in a flood. So he's out there for 120 years, and he's building the ark because God said to do it. So he followed the leadership of God and the guidance of God. How about Abraham? When God told Abraham to get up, and he said, keep going until I tell you to stop. He didn't give him a road map, no GPS, no satellite. He said, just keep going, and when you get to where I want you, I'll tell you to stop. Wouldn't that be wild to trust God like that? Try that going to Florida sometime. Yeah. Listen, we live in a culture that's so... so listen, sometimes when you're trusting the Lord, you know you're making the right decision, but you don't know, you don't, you don't understand everything about it. You just follow it because God says, I want you to be obedient to me. Did Moses understand what it meant to, be God, to lead God's people out of Egypt? Did, did he understand that he would be 40 years in the wilderness with 2 million people living in tents? He didn't He didn't understand all that, but he said, God, I'll follow you. You can take my, my stuttering God, here I am, and use me. And he went out and God used him. How about Joshua? When Joshua tore down the walls of Jericho, God told him, hey, don't go in with your might and swords. I want you to go around. I want you to sing praise songs around the wall. Wasn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. Go out, sing, and tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Okay, Lord, we did one lap. What's going to happen to these walls? And all of a sudden, God does his job. God says, I told you, I followed through on my promise. And so I want to encourage you. Man, listen, God's looking for guidable people who will trust him with the details of their life. Are you guidable? Well, you you see, Guidable says, I'm not in charge. I'm going to use my brain. I'm going to make the best, wise decision. I'm going to get good advice from other people. But at the end of the day, Lord, you're in charge of wherever I'm going to go, whatever I'm going to be. And Lord, I'm going to I'm going to make the decisions that I know are right and clear. But beyond that, God, you've got to take care of the rest of everything in my life. And I want to encourage you. There's two ways that you can pray. Number one, Lord, let your will be done, even if it is even if it means that my will's not done. In other words, God, you want this thing to happen in my life, even if it's not my will, Lord. I want your will. God, do this in my life. Then the second thing you can pray is, Lord, right now I'm not sure I want to do your will. But I'm willing to be made willing. Do whatever is necessary to change my heart. You know, sometimes there's things in the Scripture that you see that God wants you to do something, and there's just things that are just plain, clear, 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 clear. Sometimes I have to go before the Lord and say, God, I know what your Word said, but help change my heart so that I will do this with joy. And These are the ways that you can pray and make wise decisions. Lord, I want your will to be done, even if it's not mine. And those are hard prayers, folks. Because anytime we're making a decision, we want our way, don't we? We want our will, but the purpose of God may be something bigger than your will, and it typically is it's always called god's will. Let's close in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed today i I pray that uh, today was encouraging to you from the word of God like God is God's moving, and he's doing something in all of our lives. Some of you are making some pretty big decisions about life right now. Some of you are at the, maybe it's a young person in here, you're making a decision about going to college. That's a hard decision. Some of you are making decisions about relationships. Some of you are making career decisions. Purchase decisions. Some of you want to buy a house. Some of you got all kind of things, and I don't know what God's been talking to you about. But would you just take the wisdom from God today and say, Lord, meet with me. Change me. Father God, I pray you'll be with each person here this morning and for those that have joined us online. God, thank you for the wisdom that you've given us, Lord. Ancient wisdom that's still relevant today in 2022. God, help us to to make wise decisions as we talk it through, as we think it through, and as we pray it through. Lord, do what only you can do and guide us. Thank you that you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. Your power and your presence is always upon us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing a closing song of praise to the Lord and honor him.
0: someone, your neighbor, whoever it is, please go in peace. You are dismissed.